good day, everybody. This is the Anointed and the Appointed Podcast with your host, Nathan Gasford. My friends, thank you so much for joining me today as we continue in the series, Faith Foundations. My friends, this is the last week, and it'll be in faith in the author of my story, because that's my story, and hey, I'm going to stick to it. And I'm sticking to it. No, I'm not going to sing you an old country song, but friends, I would rather you listen to this. <laughs> Believe me, my friends, you don't want me singing. You do not want me singing. <laughs> Hey, we are going to get into this, though. It's called, again, Faith in the Author of My Story. Why? Because that's my story, and I am sticking to it. You know, this is week six, and it just seems it seems like lately, I don't know about you, but the enemy's been trying to write my story. From hearing death and sickness and disease whispered in my ear by, you know, people throughout my days, you know, I could immediately just sense death and destruction. To go back to that death trap would be absolutely ignorance and something that I will not and I cannot do. I would rather step on over into glory than I would to live a life like that. We can't. We cannot go back to that death trap. We cannot go back to hearing all that stuff that it entails. You know, you see our story right now, it is being read by other people, but the author has already finished our book. I don't know about you, but that's really, really, really good news. See, he is the author and the finisher of our faith. It does see, say in Hebrews chapter two, or chapter 12, verse two, I'm sorry, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our, of our, faith, of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he did endure the cross. He despised the shame and he is set down at the right hand of the throne of of God. I like what it says. That was in the New King James Version. In the NIV, it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. I like that. It says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, this is in the Passion. I know I'm giving it to you in a lot of different translations, but listen. We look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and our expectation into Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and he conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. See, my friends, our story is great if we'll let him write it. See, the enemy would love to come in and to put sickness and disease and some type of torment somewhere in your story. For I, I can know I can look back on my life and I can see my story had a lot of that in it. And I know that you could probably look back at yours and see, you know, pain and defeat and failure and just a lot of stuff that you're like, my God, what is going on? page after page of your story and my story of sickness and disease and fear. It seems like, is this going to be our whole entire book? Well, my friends, it was pages of defeat, depression, not being good enough, always getting it wrong, addictions, barely getting by, watching other people live their dreams while yours is just wasting away. Just because you might 
see some of these things doesn't mean, my friends, that it is all of your story. See, there is a next page, a next chapter. Jesus doesn't fail in your story, and he would not let you fail either. Listen to this. Peter thought his story was great after the day he met Jesus. Then there was a certain day that came, a certain page that came that he wished that had never happened. Luke chapter 22, verses 54 through 62. It says, the religious leaders seized Jesus and led him away, but Peter followed from a safe distance. They brought him to the They brought him to the home of the high priest where people were already gathered out in the courtyard. Someone had built a fire, so Peter inched closer and closer and sat down among them to stay warm. But a girl noticed Peter sitting in the firelight, staring at him. She pointed at him out and said, this man is one of Jesus' disciples. Peter flatly denied it, saying, what are you talking about, little girl? I don't know him. A little while later, someone else spotted Peter and said, I recognize you. You're one of his. I knew it. Peter said, I'm not one of his disciples. About an hour later, someone else identified Peter and insisted that he was one of the disciples of Jesus saying, look at him. Look at him. Wow. Look at him. This is him. He's from Galilee. Just like Jesus. I know he's one of them, but what did Peter do? Peter was adamant, listen, I don't know what you're talking about. Don't you understand? I don't even know him. But while the words were still in his mouth, the rooster crowed. At that moment, the Lord who was being led through the courtyard by his captors turned around at that very moment and gazed at Peter. All at once, Peter remembered the words Jesus had prophesied over him before the rooster crows in the morning, you will deny me three times that you even knew me. Peter burst into tears, ran off from the crowd, and wept bitterly. You talk about a gasp for air, man. See, at this very moment of this page in his life, he's hurting. Everything and everything, the person that he loved, he cherished, was gone. Through the tears, the heartache, the pain, he didn't know how he would make it. It seems like this page of his life was the end, but it would certainly end in destruction. That that page, my friend, here's the truth, was getting to be turned. It was getting ready to be turned because look at Mark chapter 16, verse 7. Run and tell his disciples, even Peter, wait a minute. Come on, Nathan. Now listen, at one time, Peter was just weeping bitterly at denying Jesus. And right after the resurrection, when Jesus got up, (laughs) he was told by the angels, Run and tell his disciples, even Peter, that he is risen. Are you serious? Man, think about this, guys. You're talking about Peter being in agony and defeat, thinking that that was the end of his story. I mean, you talk about the good pages as he had, but man, this isn't really looking very good on the night that he denied Jesus, but it wasn't over. The angel of the Lord that was in that tomb of Jesus, when Jesus got up from that grave, said, go tell his disciples, 
even Peter. These are the words from the angel that Jesus told him that he's risen, that he's gone ahead of you into Galilee, and that you will see him there just like he told you. See, a couple of days later, my friends, before Peter thought it was all over, that's what he thought, the denial of his best friend, his love, the one that he took an ear off for and would have died for. He thought his new life was over and that he would have to go back to doing what he was used to doing. But God, the angel wanted Peter in on this. This command came from Jesus to the angel and that to Peter to get his swag back, my friends, to get his his boldness back, his love back, his heart back, his confidence back. Peter was back in the ball game. When they heard this, they were crushed and realized what they had done to Jesus. Acts chapter 2, verses 37 through 41. Listen, deeply deeply moved. They said to Peter and the other apostles, what do we need to do, brothers? Peter replied, repent and return to God, and each one of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, to have your sins removed. Then you may take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit, for God's promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and for your families, for those yet to be born, and for everyone whom the Lord God calls to himself. Peter preached to them and warned them with these words, be rescued from the wayward and perverse culture of this world. Those who believed the word that day numbered 3,000. He went from being best friends with Jesus to denying Jesus, to thinking that it was all over with, that this is the end of a story, to it's not. They turned the page. Jesus told the angel to tell Peter and the other disciples. And then he turned around and the book of Acts preached Christ unto them and the Holy Spirit came and fell. They received it and 3,000 people got born again. He had to turn the page. And I'm telling you right now in your life, some of you have just had tears after tears, heartache after heartache, bad day after bad day. My God, every page I turn is this way. But Jesus is the author and the finisher of your story. And my friends, he's not going to let your story end in failure. So give the book back to him. Allow him to pick up the pen and write your story. And if you don't like the page, that's okay. Turn, just turn to the next chapter. Turn to the next chapter. See, there is many pages and chapters in our story that might be some that you don't want to read. You, you just would rather skip over, but don't give up on your story because my friends, I'm telling you, it ends beautifully. Let's live, let's give Jesus something to work with. Let's give him words of faith so that he can go to work on our story and not words of death that can give Satan authority into our story. Whoa, 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 Nathan, what are you talking about? Yes, death and life are in the power of your tongue. Jesus wants to be the one writing your story. Don't take the storybook out of his hands and give it to Satan by speaking words of defeat. Listen, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. See, listen, my friends, I'm just going to say it like this. If Jesus has our words of faith, then he can write our story the way he wants to. But if we give our words of fear and death and destruction, that we are giving Satan a chance to write our story. Well, my friends, my question for you is, who do you want writing your story?
See, he doesn't have any authority over us unless he takes ours by us giving it to him by our cooperation of speaking his language of death. Luke chapter 10, verse 19, it says, Now you understand that I have imparted to you my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power that Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will harm you as you walk in this authority. Then we go to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. See, in Matthew, Jesus says all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. And then in Luke, Jesus imparts this authority to his church, his believers, to go and to get the same results doing the same things that Jesus did. Well, here's my question again. Listen, if Jesus had all authority and then gave all that authority to his church, his believers, then how much did Satan get that day? absolutely nothing. But if he can deceive us in getting our authority, there's a different thing to deal with. See, the Bible says Satan is defeated. Luke chapter 10, verse 18, Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. See, Satan has to try to deceive us into giving us. Satan has to deceive us into giving him our authority. He has to deceive us to get something from us, our authority, not his. But if we surrender it to him, then we've given him something to work with. See, he does this by trying to put pressure on us, to try to get our words. He, he, he knows things were created by words, and we need to come into agreement with God's word over us and our life so that our story can be written by Jesus, correct? Well, when we agree with the words of Satan over us on sickness and disease and death and poverty and lack, we are establishing this into our life. And we don't want that. We do not want that. See, sometimes we get confused about our story and what we're supposed to be doing with it to live it out. See, the enemy will come in to confuse the story. So all that we do is set there waiting for something great to happen when in reality we are the movers and the doers of the word. The Bible says in John chapter 20, verse 21, says Jesus repeated his greeting, peace to you, and he told them, just as the Father has sent me, I'm now sending you. Well, listen to this. How was Jesus sent? And sent to do what? Well, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, the reason the Son of God was revealed was to undo and destroy the works of the devil. You want me to help you with your life and with your story? you were sent to do the same thing. The same way Jesus was sent, he is now sending you. And the, the, the reason the Son of God was revealed was to undo and destroy the works of the devil. If you want to see what your story looks like, again, my friends, we need to look at the story in the life of Jesus. He is our example, and he shows us our story by looking at his he went about doing good and healing all that were under the tyranny of the devil. That's Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Jesus of Nazareth was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit with great power. He did wonderful things for others, and he divinely healed all that were under the tyranny of the devil, for God had anointed him. My friends, when you see that, you need to know that today this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. That is about Jesus, but Jesus also came to reveal you and you. 
See, the author of your story did not put this life of sickness and disease and depression or fear or poverty or lack in your life. He put health and wholeness, joy and peace of mind, confidence and boldness is what's written into your story. Well, how do I know that? Well, listen. Listen what 1 Peter 2.24 says. He himself carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we would be dead to sin and live for righteousness. Our instant healing flowed from his wounding. Here is the healing and the wholeness and the health that is supposed to be in your story. What about 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 through 7? For God will never give you the spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you the mighty power, love, and self-control. That's in the Passion. The Amplified says, For God did not give us a spirit of tim- uh, uh, timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound judgment and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. What about 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9? For you are recognizing more clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, his astonishing kindness, his generosity, his gracious favor, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich, abundantly blessed. You want to know what's in your story? You become rich and abundantly blessed. You've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. That is written in your story, that he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement that brought upon us peace was upon him, and by his stripes we're not going to be, not hopefully someday, we are right now, the healed of the Lord. That is supposed to be what's written in your story. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For you have experienced the extravagant grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that although he was infinitely rich, he impoverished himself for our sake, so that by his poverty we become rich beyond measure. Now listen to this. The author of your life wrote this about you, and it's in your story. Stop letting the enemy come in and write sickness and disease and poverty and lack and fear in your story. Stop letting him have the pen and write into your story depression and fear and timidity. The only place the enemy belongs in your story is getting his butt kicked by the Son of God and by you because you're one with him. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Now you understand that I've imparted to you my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will harm you as you walk in this authority. But listen, The enemy will try to come in and convince you to believe that we can do nothing when it comes to looking like Jesus or driving out darkness in people's lives. He wants our story to be one of defeat. Listen, but Jesus wrote this and our story about that lie from the enemy. Matthew chapter 10, verses 7 through 8. As you go preach this message, heaven's kingdom realm is accessible, close enough to touch. You must continue to bring healing to lepers and to those who are sick. Make it your habit to break off the demonic presence from the people and raise the dead back to life because freely you've received the power of my kingdom. Freely go release it to others. My friends, listen. Matthew chapter 10, verses 9 through 10 in the message. For those of you who are out there, I don't have a right equipment. I can't do it. I just haven't been to Bible school. No one laid hands on me. No one prophesied over me. But you have the word. And this is what it says. 
Don't think that you have to put a fundraising campaign on before you start doing this work right here. You don't need a lot of equipment. You are the equipment. Did you get that? You have what it takes to go out there and to look just like Jesus in your everyday life. Whether you're a businessman, a businesswoman, whether you own your own business, work for another business. It doesn't matter where you are in the marketplace. You are a son of God and you have what it takes. And if hell is being written in your story, my friends, just simply turn the page. Turn the page. I guarantee you, if he's the author and the finisher of your story, it's going to end beautifully. I guarantee you, if you don't like what's going on, turn the page. For some of y'all, you've been turning pages. Well, then turn to a new chapter in your life. Because I'm telling you, it's beautifully. Instead of having your butt handed to you by the enemy, remind yourself of what the Word of God says, that you have what it takes to give the butt whipping to him. This is the Anointed and the Appointed Podcast with your host, Nathan Gasford, reminding you that you can step out and step up and manifest Christ to a hurting world. I love you guys. Share this. Get it out there in the airwaves. Share it with a friend and tell them that Christ lives in them. Love you guys. See you later.